Hi, this is Pastor Nick Stavropoulos. On behalf of our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family, I want to wish you a wonderful and blessed new year. May God protect and encourage you and your loved ones. Thank you for listening. Well, my friends, our theme today is Helps for a Happier New Year. At this time in our lives, we normally say to one another, Happy New Year, or I wish you a blessed New Year. And uh, I know that we are sincere when we say that, and it's wonderful for us to have expressions of good cheer and goodwill. And I believe also that God's Word provides us some additional helps for each one of us to have a more happy and blessed new year. And I have, I have chosen to share some of these truths with you from a part of the Christmas story. It's not often that we're able to actually preach from the Christmas account. And so I want to wish you some helps for a happier new year from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but just a part of the account. Here it is. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Now that's Luke chapter 2, and I want to ask you to switch back now to Matthew, to Matthew chapter 2, all right? Matthew 2, where we have these special visitors from the east. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Uh, By the way, the reason it says, as was everyone in Jerusalem, other people were disturbed because If the king was disturbed, King Herod was disturbed, was upset about the fact that he got news of a newborn king. When the king was upset, he often took it out on the people. All right? And that's why it says that. Verse uh, 4. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. 
Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. All right. My friends, in this part of the Christmas account, and in many other parts of it as well, there are truths that come to light that I believe can really impact your life and mine. If you and I will give attention to them, I believe you and I can really experience a a happier and a more blessed new year. And here's the first truth that I want you to think upon with me on this theme, all right? The first truth is make a decision to not allow things to bother you which shouldn't really upset you, all right? Read it out loud with me from the big screen once again. Make a decision to not allow things to bother you which shouldn't really upset you. Now, to be honest with you, I I personally came up with that statement, but I really wasn't content with it. I still am not content with it, and I, I ran it by two other pastors. I said, can you, uh, can you help me say this in a little bit nicer? Well, surprisingly, even though those two pastors are just brilliant, Pastor Lisa, Pastor Tina, they, they didn't come up with a better way of saying it. Can you believe that? <clears throat> anyway, this, this, truth, this truth occurred to me when I read verse 3, which says, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this. That is, Referring to when King Herod heard that a newborn king of the Jews was born. He was upset. In fact, very upset. Herod was insecure. And he felt threatened that perhaps this baby would take over his position as king over that area. Now, I'm going to get back to my main point here. But I want you to know a little bit about King Herod. King Herod did a lot of good during his reign. He really did. For example, Herod kept the peace. Trying to keep peace in that region was difficult then as it is now. Not only that, Herod was the builder of the temple in Jerusalem. He built some marvelous buildings. Dr. William Barclay says, Herod could be generous In times of difficulty, Herod canceled the taxes to make things easier for the people. How many of you would vote for someone who cancels the taxes? How many of you? Don't be too quick to do that. You know why? Because then the country goes bankrupt. That's been the problem overseas in several countries, by the way. Not enough taxes. Anyway, that's another story. Okay. So, in times of difficulty... He canceled the taxes to make things easier for the people. 
And in the famine, in the famine of 25 BC, Herod actually melted down his own gold plate to buy corn for the starving people. I thought, wow, what a nice man. But Herod had a terrible flaw in his character. He was almost insanely, Stephanie, he was almost insanely suspicious. Have you ever known some folks like that? Oh, yeah. All right. If he suspected anyone as a rival to his power, that person was promptly eliminated. Now, listen to this. Sadly, Herod even murdered his wife, Mariamne. He murdered his wife, Mariamne, and her mother, Alexandra. His eldest son, Antipater, A-N-T-I-P-A-T-E-R, his eldest son and two other sons, Alexander and, <clears throat> and Aristobulus. Now there's a name for some of you parents who are expecting. Aristobulus. Or Kyle. <laughs> How many vote for Kyle? <laughs> All right. So anyway, his eldest son, Antipater, and two other sons, Alexander and Aristobulus, were all assassinated by Herod. Crazy. He did crazy things. Augustus, the Roman emperor, had said bitterly that it was safer, it was safer to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. Ooh. Oi. Now, I gave you a little bit of history on King Herod for those of you who, who especially appreciate history, like, like my wife. Maybe there's two of you, two of you. <laughs> Hopefully many more, honey, okay? But uh, some of you appreciate the context and the historical matters, all right? The simple truth is this. What I really want you to think about is Herod got terribly, got terribly upset about the news that a baby had been born... Who would be king of the Jews? He was so upset that in Matthew 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 16, later, we didn't get to it, but verse 16 later in the Bible there, it says, he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. So think about it. King Herod got terribly upset over the birth of a baby. Even if baby Jesus was going to be king of the Jews, it was going to take, what, 18 to 20 years before the baby could grow up. Right? Common sense. By then, Herod would either be retired or dead. He was pretty old at this time, by this time. What I'm saying is this. King Herod allowed things to bother him which he should not have allowed himself to get upset over. By the way, as far as I recall, in preparing for this message, this was the first time that this, this truth really came to my mind from, from, from the Christmas story. It really was, as far as I can recall, the first time this has really kind of dawned on me. I thought, Herod, you allowed things to bother you that you shouldn't have. Now, obviously, I understand that Herod's reaction was extreme. 
But we learn this very important lesson from him, and it is this. Make a decision as you face the new year. Make a decision to not allow things to bother you which shouldn't really upset you. Amen? All right. Think about, think about some things <clears throat> in your family. Do you? Do you unnecessarily get over upset, over upset, for example, because, because your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife leaves their shoes at the entranceway? Do you get overbugged about that? Don't put your hand up. I don't know why my wife is laughing. I'd never do such a thing. If I remember. Right? Hey, you know what? Don't sweat it. So they, they leave their shoes I'm not mentioning this because of me, by the way. Honestly, honestly, I'm not. So if they leave their shoes, you know, at the entranceway, look, it takes you three and a half seconds to just pick them up and put them where you want them to be. Right? Much easier to just pick them up and move them rather than, rather than be upset for the next hour, two hours, four hours, the whole day, the whole week. Don't I make marvelous sense? Pastor Hung, Pastor Hung, doesn't this make good, good Canadian sense to you, brother? Say amen. Thank you. Thank you. There, I have, a, I have an amen from Los Angeles. And my wife says, they don't take their shoes off in Los Angeles. <laughs> How do you know that, honey? I've been in L.A. Yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do not allow, my friends, do not allow... Things to bother you which shouldn't really upset you, okay? Do you get upset over trivial things? Yeah, we've got a few honest people around here. <laughs> Who was that? Who was that? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Let me give you a hug afterwards, okay? I, I, I just love honesty, you know? Okay. <clears throat> okay. Think, think about things, right? in the different aspects of life. And uh, I was thinking about some things, and <clears throat> I, uh, I might get beaten up for telling you the following. Pastor Lisa, please get ready to defend me. <clears throat> but um, <sighs> when our daughter, when our dear daughter was a teenager, her, her bedroom often looked like a hurricane hit it. Now, some of you are thinking she was following in her father's footsteps, right? <laughs> now, looking back, <clears throat> are you listening? Looking back, I feel that my wife and I allowed the issue of our daughter's room to bother us too much. That's my own opinion, honey, okay? Okay, my, my wife and I were often chasing after our daughter to clean up our room. And uh, I, started, I started to feel like, like we were getting too upset over the room issue. So one day, one day I, I said to my wife, I said, Honey, 
I don't want, I don't want our daughter to grow up primarily remembering her father and mother as the people who were always telling her to clean her room. I said, I, I want our daughter to primarily remember us as the parents who loved her and inspired her to love and serve the Lord Jesus. Something like that, okay? Well, when our daughter was a, a teenager, at that point, after we kind of reflected for a while, my wife and I then met, met with our daughter, Amy, and basically said something like this. We said, sweetheart, from now on, we are not, from now on, we are not going to chase after you about cleaning up your bedroom. All we ask is that you, you don't leave any food in your room so as not to attract bugs. And you know what? After that discussion, after that discussion, surprisingly, the condition of her room improved dramatically. This is my memory anyway, okay? Uh, you know. <laughs> my wife and I can discuss this afterwards. <laughs> but now, our, our, now, listen to this. Ushers. Ushers, ushers, would you carry this woman out? <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> yes, honey, okay. First of all, this is not your story. Oh, okay. Okay, you, you finish it. You finish it, honey. You finish it. Pastor Lisa, have you seen his office? <laughs> okay. Second of all, okay. my daughter did not change until she married a minimalist. Well, I'm getting to that part, honey. I'm getting to that part. No, no. <laughs> she did agree to keep her door closed, but... Okay. She didn't miraculously happen because we laid off of her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I still think she improved. <laughs> now, now our daughter's married, right? Most of you know this. Our daughter's married with an 18-month-old baby. She lives. They live in a townhouse. Now, here's the surprising thing. If you, if you happen to drop into her home, her home looks like a model home, including the bedroom. I mean, yeah, it, it, sincerely. You know, somehow, somehow she got healed of her messiness. <laughs> or maybe, maybe it is because she married a neat freak. Okay? So... Uh, uh, to tell, you, to tell you the truth, I don't want my house to be as clean as, and as neat as my daughter's because it just wouldn't feel like home then. Do, do you know what I mean? It just, it just wouldn't feel right to me, okay? Any of you understand that? Yeah, I mean, if you go to your house and it, it just isn't, it just is too, too, too super neat and clean, you think I'm in the wrong house. So anyway, but my wife is a, is a very good homemaker, by the way, okay? Just... <laughs> Just to stay out of trouble here, okay? Okay. By the way, by the way, my, uh, my daughter's husband is going to be at the 630 service tonight. Please don't tell, don't tell him I called him a neat freak. Right? That's Pastor Yanni, right? Don't tell him. Don't, don't tell him. I got to keep peace in the family. Got to keep peace with my wife and with all of them. Why? All right? Okay. Now, my friends, where you live, where you live, 
I wish for you to not allow things to bother you which shouldn't really upset you. Uh, This applies at church as well. So stick with me. You know, sometimes a person might get upset because someone walked past them and didn't say hello. Well, it's common courtesy to say hi or hello when you walk past someone. But you know, sometimes a person, a person may not see you or their mind is just focused on something and, and they, they sincerely don't see you. So don't, don't get upset about it. You know, it, it can happen at church. It can happen at the grocery store. Don't get upset about it. You know, just cool it. Cool it. All right? Now, this truth of not allowing things to bother you, which shouldn't really upset you, applies to me just as much as to anyone else. For example, last Sunday, last Sunday for the 6.30 evening service, uh, I was the one that was going to lead the songs in the evening. I was the song leader. Someone else was preaching. Or it was uh, our choir production. Okay, anyway. I, so I, I was going to lead. So anyway, as we normally do, I prepared the service order, I prepared all the music, 10 or 12 pages, and then I know, I know, I know that I know that I know that I put all of this music on the keyboard for our keyboardist, so when he arrived, he had all the music ready to go, ready for him to practice, to review it, so that he would play in a great fashion as Anthony always does. So I knew I put the music there. Then before the service started, I went over to just check a couple of musical things with him to make sure that we were, you know, going to do our very best for the Lord and for the congregation. I went over to check with him. Guess what? No music. No music. I said, Anthony, Anthony, I know I put the music here. I said, who's trying to sabotage our service? Uh, I don't know if I said that. I thought it. I thought it. Who's trying to sabotage your service? Anthony, I know I put it here. This is crazy. I know I put it here, Anthony. Uh, it's okay, Pastor Nick. It's okay. It's okay, Pastor Nick. Anthony says, it's okay. I, uh, Anthony, Anthony, I know I put the music here. <laughs> well, I wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Anyway, I finally got Anthony's message, and I, I just came up here. I had put music up on the platform as well. Got all the music, gave it to him, said, here you go, Anthony. We got the music for you, buddy. And I, you know, as I was reflecting on this message, I thought, you know, hey, this message applies to me as well as to everybody else, right? At least I'm honest, Anthony, right? Amen. All right, all right. Okay, bottom line is, make a decision to not allow things to bother you which shouldn't, which you and I should not allow to have them upset us, okay? Uh, maybe you didn't get a Christmas card uh, or, or a gift from someone that you thought you should have gotten one from. Hey, don't sweat it. Move on. Perhaps you didn't get invited to some function that you thought you should have been invited to, okay? Or maybe, maybe, someone, maybe someone stole your boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> Listen, don't be angry. Don't be angry for days and, and, and weeks, if the, if the boyfriend or girlfriend was really meant for you, they would not have run off with, with, with someone who is only half as wonderful as you are. Right? Right. I get the feeling someone's been through that. Okay? If someone cuts you off on the road, if someone cuts you off on the road, don't, don't, get, don't get upset with them. Get even. 
Just hold on. Get even by just giving them a big smile. Right? That's how you get even. You give them a, a big smile. A big smile. And then they feel terrible. They say, oh, well, why did I do that terrible thing? You know, why did I try to run that person off the road? Okay? Okay, if your friend or relative buys a new car, don't get upset because you can't afford a new car. Rejoice with him. Rejoice with her. The bottom line is, you will have a happier new year if you make a decision to not allow things to bother you which shouldn't really upset you. At home, at church, at work, at school, wherever you are. Amen? Okay, let's move on to a second truth. Well, I just praise God. When my wife came up, I didn't know what she would say. I'm just so grateful that, that whatever she said was reasonable. <clears throat> second truth helps for a happier new year. Number two, here it is. Read it out loud from the big screen. Choose to grow in your faith and to not allow anyone or anything to hinder your faith in Jesus. All right? Now, this applies to all of us here in the Rosewood Church of the Nazarene Sanctuary. Radio listeners, radio listeners, this is a good truth, a good point for you, radio listeners, as well. The Bible tells us that King Herod tried to have baby Jesus killed. Right? He tried to have baby Jesus killed because Herod had heard that this baby would grow up to be a king. Herod was determined not to allow anyone to become a competitor to his throne. We might say, think about this. <clears throat> we might say that Herod tried to hinder or stop the birth of Christianity. He tried to hinder the development of people's faith and trust in Jesus. My friends, as you and I look to the new year, I know that there, there will be people and events which will help to build up your faith and trust in the Lord. That's the good news. There will be things that will help you to grow in your faith. However, however, most likely there will also be situations arise which will eat away at your faith. Now stick with me. There'll be situations come up that will eat away at your faith. What might be some of those situations that might seek to fight against your faith? What might some of those issues be? Well, here are some, what I could call, some modern-day Herods. Here are some of them. Discouragement and disillusionment. All right? You've got to be careful that discouragement and disillusionment doesn't sink you. Something else, loneliness. Sometimes loneliness can have a very negative impact upon a person and their faith. In a time of loneliness, cry out to the Lord. That can be one of your most wonderful times of growing in your relationship because the Lord says, call upon me and I will answer thee. Amen? And so, although loneliness can, can tend to uh, cause some people to drift away from the Lord, loneliness can also draw you into a closer relationship with him. 
There's a, there's a hymn or several hymns that say, draw me near, near, blessed Lord. And one of those times is during a time of loneliness. Here's a, another, another fact that sometimes can serve as a modern day Herod, and that is prolonged illness, prolonged illness. Speaking of this, I want to sincerely commend, I want to commend several of you here who have, who've had prolonged illnesses, and your faith today is stronger than it has ever been before. And congregation, I'm not going to embarrass those dear people by asking them to stand, but I want you to give a hand. There's some people in here who have had prolonged illnesses. And, 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 and we have prayed for you. We have prayed for you many, many times. We've prayed for you at the altar. We've anointed you with oil, prayed for you. And as yet, you haven't. We haven't seen that healing. We don't know why. We don't as yet know the answers to why your specific prayer request has not been answered. But move forward in faith. Amen? Here's another fact, uh, point D which is kind of connected to C, and that is unanswered prayer. Unanswered prayer is sometimes a modern-day Herod. Uh, Another is severe loss, severe loss and unexplained tragic events in your life. Another one is senseless pain and violence. Amen? There are other factors that can have a negative impact upon our lives. I, I just want you to be aware and be on your guard of some some of these modern-day Herods, and don't let them pull you under in this new year to come. I encourage you to make a decision to not allow anyone or anything to hinder your faith. Instead, be encouraged. Be encouraged by Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39, where it says this. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? May it be for you. May it be so for you. And then Jude, verses 20 and 21, are encouraging as well. They say, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. Praise God. Praise God. Let's move to a third truth that I believe can help you, help, can help all of us have a happier and more blessed new year. The third truth is this. Number three. Pray. Do we have that on the big screen? We're getting there. Third truth is this. Pray for God to give you an inner nature that is sincere, honest, and pure. I really believe, I really believe that people who are sincere, honest, and have a pure heart, live a happier life. Amen? Now, some of you, some of you are thinking, okay, Pastor Nick, where in the world do you get this truth from Matthew chapter 2? Where do you find this? Here's how and where. 
Think about Herod. It's really from Herod. Think about Herod. Verse 4 tells us that Herod called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law to try to find out where Jesus was born. Then in Matthew chapter 2, verse 8, look at what Herod said to the wise men. All right? Herod's, then he, Herod, told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Well, the truth was, the truth was, King Herod wanted to know where baby Jesus was so that he could have him killed, not to worship him. When Herod discovered that the wise men returned to their own country without telling King Herod the whereabouts of baby Jesus, Look at the terrible thing which Herod did as recorded in verse 16. Here it is. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. So the bottom line, the bottom line is King Herod was what? King Herod was the opposite. He was the opposite of sincere, honest, and pure. He was the way you don't want to be. Now, to help yourself, to help yourself have a happier and more fulfilling new year, pray for God. Pray for the Lord to give you an inner nature that is the opposite of King Herod's. An inner nature that is sincere, honest, and pure. We call that, we call that holiness. Holiness. Look at these other beautiful Bible verses. Psalm 86, verse 11. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you, O Lord. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Let let these verses be a part of your heart and your life throughout this new year. I want these verses to be a part of me, a part of Pastor Nick's life on an ongoing basis as I, as we, cry out, create in me a clean heart, O God. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, if you keep yourself pure, listen to this, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master, that's God, you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good Work. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So, my friends, here are three helps for a happier, blessed new year. Number one, read it with me. Make a decision to not allow things to bother you which shouldn't really upset you. Number two, Choose to grow in your faith and to not allow anyone or anything to hinder your faith in Jesus. 
And number three, pray for God to give you an inner nature that is sincere, honest, and pure. Let it happen, O Lord. Raven, can you go back to that previous Bible verse? Go back to the other one. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Make that your wish, your prayer, your longing. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the many truths we're able to discover from your holy Bible. And Lord, I pray, I pray that all of us here would truly seek to put into practice the truths that we have talked about in this message. And I pray, Lord, that you would inspire all of us to cry out to you, create in me a pure heart, a clean heart, O God. Lord, move upon each of our lives so that our character, our inner nature, is that of a person who is honest, honest, sincere, pure. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.